Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, there's a whole lot going on in the world right now. I know the vice president was in Texas. Yeah. I mean, we have a crisis that's been going on in Texas and the border states for quite a while. So was she there talking about root causes again? Uh, No. What? No. Uh, She did go to Guadalupe, uh, a street in Austin. But not down to the border. Not actually where we down have a crisis. To the no, no, no. They're talking about abortion in Austin. That's why she's there. Yes. Oh my gosh, we still don't even know the root causes yet. She was on that of why people are coming here illegally. <laughs> I don't understand. To address the root causes of I don't, migration. Let's not. No, I don't need to hear that whole thing again. But. That's unbelievable that she goes to Texas, nothing about illegal immigration. No. So what was she there for? To talk about abortion and voting rights or something. What about abortion and voting rights? Uh, Well, well, because, you know, some Democratic Party get together and that's what Democrats want to talk about. Because they feel like they've got the edge over Republicans on those two topics. When everything else is on fire, they're going to sit there and stand for the right to kill unborn children. Okay. All right. And it's uh, they want to uh, ban it everywhere, even though we've heard different states talk about 15 weeks and the freak out happens. Yeah. Talking about 15 weeks. But that and voting rights? Yeah. Who doesn't have the right to vote? Uh, mm-hmm. Good question. Besides illegals. Right. Who I know there are some cities pushing for the right for them to vote. But outside of that, who here legally can't vote? Who's not convicted Mm, of a felony? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but nobody. So why do they keep talking about voting rights and the media keeps pushing that? Because they lie. Right. That's it. Period. They lie. If Republicans make it harder to cheat in an election, they're going to say it's their... That it's Republicans trying to take away black people's right to vote or something. That's how it always goes. Remember this. They think it is absolutely abhorrently racist. It's Jim Crow 2.0 to ask people to write down their social security number or their driver's license number in a mail-in ballot. It's never been easier to cast a vote in any state, okay? But if you have to prove who you are when you're putting a ballot in the mailbox... Well, that's just racist. Okay. All right. So, you know, when I got gas this weekend, I put the card in. I had to put my zip code in Well, uh, to see, match the card. We need gasoline and debit card equity in this country, Scott. You were discriminated against. Why do I have to give them my... Why, why, what if I don't have a, a zip code, huh? What then? <laughs> You're an unhoused <laughs> debit card holder. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I think about all the important things going on. Okay, and this is part of what we do because you want to know what is legacy media covering because there are, well, millions of people in this country. They depend on these places for their news, as sad as that is. And so on the Today Show, 
And I asked you guys before we started the show today, what do you think their top three stories yeah. are? It was unfair because I'd seen it. But uh, David's first this, guess I, was right, which was Russia, U- Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. But he couldn't get the other two because David was bringing up important issues. Oh, the, the recovery from Hurricane Ian. Yes. I mean, there are a whole bunch of other things that could be out there. Yes. We got an update from Iran where people are protesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, as far as world news, that's out there. I don't know if it's most important in the United States right now. But you know what number three is? Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Again? Yes, again. The third most important story in America, according to NBC and the Today Show, is Herschel Walker. Hallie Jackson on the beat. You want to hear it? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, this is good. A Republican rally this morning behind embattled Georgia Senate hopeful Herschel Walker, the strict anti-abortion candidate who's denying explosive accusations he paid for an abortion for an ex-girlfriend in 2009. Hold on a second. David, you look confused. The strict anti-abortion? No. Okay. He said that he was in favor of a ban after 15 weeks. Yes. So That's now strict for these people. That's not... That's not strict. That's actually still more liberal than most of the rest of the world. Correct. There were like three hyperventilating superlatives that were thrown in there in the first 10 seconds. And battled. Yes. Strict. What was the other? There was three of them in there. Can't remember what the other one was, but. But uh, it was about but, but all these fiery words, right, in, in the same sentence. Yes. Back in 2009, when Barack Obama was saying, marriage between a man and a woman. You think about that. <laughs> Say that now. Oh, my gosh. The, the absolute shrieking from the left. Ah! Yeah, I just want to say for the record, that was a pretty good Barack you just did, considering you haven't done it in years. Oh, thanks. That was good. Very good. Nice play. But anyway, 2009, Herschel Walker, go. Top yeah. Senators Rick Scott and Tom Cotton now set to head to Georgia tomorrow to try and build support for Walker. And the Senate's campaign arm diverting more ad money to the state. Now, new revelations about text messages initiated by Walker's wife, Julie, to the woman who alleges he paid for her abortion in 2009. Okay. So at this part of the proceedings, what's going through your mind as this unfolds? Just out of curiosity, David? Of all the things, you're recycling basically the same story for the third or fourth show in a row. Correct. I, I don't know what the new revelations were. That Herschel's wife was now involved in text messages. Okay. Okay. Like, all of a sudden, this is the bombshell that's this, going to right. get people to vote for Raphael Warnock in yeah. Georgia. Who ran over his ex-wife's foot. <laughs> With a car. With a car, yes. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. We're doing this now? He didn't step on her while he was chasing the cat or anything. He <laughs> ran her over with a car. And I suppose it's it just comes down to the game of gotcha for yeah. hypocrisy, possibly, on Herschel Walker's well, part. Because now he's uh, against abortion after 15 weeks. Yeah. And, and unless unless the abortion he paid for happened at week 16 or later, <laughs> then he's not a, he's not a hypocrite then. I, that's the way it would seem. But it's a, this game of gotcha, embattled. Oh, yeah. And now the support is there. That's how desperate the left is about these Senate races. I, the coverage on this. Who's also the mother of one of Walker's children. Mm. In the text exchange, the woman says Walker suggested she terminate another pregnancy years later, but she refused. Writing to Walker's wife, did you know Herschel paid for my abortion the first time? Or that he told me it wasn't the right time to have their now 10-year-old child? 
NBC News is withholding mm. the woman and her son's name. She provided the Daily Beast a copy of a check she says Walker gave her for the procedure, but NBC News has not independently confirmed that reporting. No, we're just taking advantage of it. We've had yeah. days to confirm that. Days. Yeah, well ah! also I, I don't think I don't think she's entitled to uh privacy in this situation. If you go public with this, why are they protecting her identity outside of not wanting anyone to look into her past? Um well, do you want me to make up an answer like if I was from the left? Okay. Did you see January 6th? Do you know what people are capable of? What is that? She would be targeted. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the way that would go. They have to protect her. The evil right will come after her. Yeah, women deserve to be seen and heard unless we don't want to have anyone look into the story any more deeply. In that case, we're going to shove them in the closet and just let them slip us notes from under the door. Correct. Okay. That's pretty much it. Uh, you had an interesting question from over the weekend. Um, <laughs> some news going around. There is someone that apparently is headed to Ukraine. This is so weird, man. Okay, so uh, Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, second largest teachers union in the country. I see this t- uh, this tweet talking about a new offensive that has been launched by Russia into, into Kiev. Um, And she says, woke up this a.m. to reports of disgusting Russian missile strikes uh, heading to the border now to assess the situation. The Russian attempt on frightened uh, civilians and the effect on children is why this Ukraine trip is so important. Why is she assessing (laughs) the situation or needed to assess such a situation? That's a good question. Um I've solved education in the United right. States. Now <laughs> I need to bring my powers and gifts and skills yeah, to this situation. But that, and that's exactly great. what they're doing. Apparently they're, go- uh, apparently they're going to be meeting with uh, teachers in Ukraine about remote learning. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I... Yeah. Oh, we yes. want to destroy your yes. kids like we did there and give the teachers the money. Because yeah. it was so beneficial here. Yeah, it it is it is crazy. Now I, I just remember this story from a few months ago uh, when yeah. all this started. Remember the American Federation of Teachers, including Randy Weingarten, they posted this like uh, this photo of them holding these signs they'd printed that said, you know, something like uh, "Stand with Ukraine," something like that. And it was supposed to be of the Ukrainian flag, except they got the colors upside down. <laughs> right, that's it's two right. colors, man. <laughs> But they got him in the wrong order. The teachers' union. Yeah, it's, it the, is two colors. But Joe Biden told him it was three. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's probably there to just drop off a bag of money right. and leave. I, I just I read that and I thought, what is she going to do? What is? Can anybody just go over there and assess the situation? I mean, can David Van Camp go? Well, I got to go over and assess the situation. Listen, man, it's it, uh, well. I guess you could. We've had people from Hollywood do it. There's like Ben Stiller, right? Those yeah, types. He can like entertain while he's there. Like he can goof. Well, right? and you know, you're your own guy, whatever. If you want to go show your support and it's on your dime, go for it. I don't care. But Randy Weingart from the teachers union. Yeah. That's why this trip over there is so important. You don't, you don't have enough money right now. You're trying to get your meat hooks into something else and destroy something else. And yeah, I'll probably say it. Because you have to. There are a lot of great teachers that don't even want to pay their dues into these stupid unions, but do it because they have to. It's not every teacher. 
But, man, if there is one poster person for everything that's wrong in education, she's one of the best, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Holy cow, man. That's, that's unbelievable. All right. Uh, piece of audio from David. Yeah. Um, as we're getting started on this Monday. And this is something that's going to bring maybe a smile to some faces or maybe frowns to others. Right. I'm not sure. I think it will. Well, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles Spanish radio play-by-play guy, Ricky Ricardo, yeah, uh, delivered this incredible Whoa, hold on call. A yeah. His name is really Ricky Ricardo? Yeah. I'll be damned. Okay. Uh, he, he gave this call after uh, there was a missed field goal by the Arizona Cardinals kicker, Matt Amendola, uh, who had a chance to tie the game with 22 seconds left, but he missed it wide right. Oh, no. Okay. All right. I think I have this. You sent it to me, David. Yeah. All right. Roll it. Amendola. Le mete el pie. Distancia. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. Falló. Amendola. Falló por el lado derecho. No, señor. Matt Amendola falló. <laughs> he missed, missed to the right. <laughs> That's fantastic. But by, by the way, here's what it sounded like when the Eagles kicker, Cameron Dicker, knocked in the field goal that put the Eagles up 2017. Okay. Si, senor! Si, senor! Si, senor! Dicker the kicker! Cameron Dicker! Con el gol de campo! <laughs> See? That's fantastic. Even when the Eagles win, I can find humor in that. But that's hard for me to do. But I gotta start watching good. with my SAP button on, man. That's tremendous. Yes, are you kidding? No, senor! <laughs> All right, glad to get to. Um, the Rock's not running for president. Get to that much more coming up. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So just a little while ago, we were talking about what media outlets are covering as the biggest stories. One of the biggest things you hear when you're just talking to regular people is the price of things. That's mm-hmm. right. And I happen to see this. Um, <laughs> there's a uh, a post by Wall Street Silver that is from a local baker who provided a whiteboard detailing why their prices have been steadily increasing. This is great. Yeah. I don't know the prices of all these, but this is what it says. Like different people going to this bakery saying, man, prices here, golly, it's getting up there. So for people to understand on the whiteboard, you see flour. Okay. So you got a chart, handwritten, and you have January 21 in one column, January 22 in the second column, and then the third is July 22. Okay. So flour went from $12.19 to then $19.97 to July, $28.88. Good golly, man. So from $12.19 to $28.88. Um, granulated sugar, uh, that's up about $10, 25 69 to $34.59. Then you go AP shortening. Uh, you're the foodie, David. I don't know what that is. Guessing it's pretty important for a bakery, though. Mm-hmm. It's gone from forty-one dollars and forty cents in January of twenty-one 
to then a year later, seventy-one twenty-four, and now this past July to eighty-seven dollars and fifty-nine cents. Mm. Donut fry shortening. Do you know what that is, David? It's what you put around the donut to fry it, I guess. It sounds really good. Anyway, it went from forty-two dollars and fifty-four cents to then sixty dollars twenty-five, and then July eighty-eight oh five. Good golly! So again, from January twenty-one to July twenty-two. That is forty-two fifty-four to eighty-eight oh five, and the list just goes from there. They even include the rainbow rainbow sprinkles. Hmm. Was this before or after the Inflation Reduction Act? I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> both. Okay. All right. Giving you numbers of both. <laughs> okay. Rainbow sprinkles fifty-six forty-one in January twenty-one. Now up to eighty-six dollars and ninety-four cents. Didn't we work with her on rock radio? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, different people were saying, okay, is it that important? I think one Twitter person said, you ever been with your kid when they want the rainbow sprinkles and they don't get them? Yeah. Yeah. You tell me it's not important. All right, then. Um, Oh, The Rock is not running for president. Oh, that's a shame. Did he he say why he wasn't running for president or just not up for it? (laughs) Listen, man. When it comes down to it, did you ever really think he was going to run? No. Okay. You know, well, I never thought Trump yourself. was going to run either. Well, until he announced it, when he came down the escalator, right, yeah. you knew it was on. Yeah. Now, I would say with Ye, who used to be Kanye West, mm-hmm. uh, he talked about it, and then he sort of ran. Yeah. For a while there, David, didn't you call him your president? Uh, yes. I mean, he's a nut, and I'm very disappointed in some of his recent statements on Twitter about Jewish people. But, um, but yes, I, he was my president, yes. And then that whole thing had to get walked back. Yeah. And then he got kicked off Yeah. of social media because he was sharing a private conversation he and Diddy had. Because Diddy was saying, can you stop with the White Lives Matter shirt? <laughs> and Ye is like, I'm going to put this out there. And he did, and then all of a sudden he was gone. So mm-hmm. he went after Facebook. What a crazy few days from that dude. So be highlighting that at some point today. Um, How about when Biden warned of nuclear Armageddon? Clean up on Isle Joe again. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Action. That's David Van Camp, the millennial, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so John Kirby, whatever his title is now, yeah. was it National Intelligence Advisor to National. the Premier? <laughs> it's like National Security Council Director of Strategic Communications or something. And diversity. And diversity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tag that on to everyone. Yeah. Well, it's true. Well, let, let's just be honest. He's the backstop to Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, because he's the guy who goes out and does the Sunday morning talking head shows more often because he can actually speak in complete sentences. 
Yeah, they don't let her out very often no. to, to freelance on no. their shows, no. No, so... Uh, well, that's racist. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, yeah. That's what they say, I yeah. guess. It, well, it is what they say. I'm not saying that that's true, no, but that is right. what they say. You know, that all of a no, sudden no, oh, he's there, the and it's right, like exactly. he's he's not only mansplaining, he's whitesplaining. I've seen that in two different pieces talking about those no, two. No, I believe you, yeah. But, yes, yeah, she's terrible at her job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going I mean, beyond that. We're into some weird area now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, with John Kirby, he was uh, tasked with making the rounds yesterday to try to explain why Joe Biden was talking about nuclear Armageddon with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Okay. So he says that during a Democratic Party fundraiser. Yeah. And then Joe Biden goes on vacation again. He's off. Yeah, the he was in Delaware. He was at the beach house. <laughs> it's, it really is incredible just how little they care about what the optics are at this point. Yep. Uh, Who cares? So the White House sent out this National Security Council official, John Kirby, to spend this on ABC's This Week. Okay. So is the president right? Are we facing a potential nuclear Armageddon? The president was reflecting the very high stakes that uh, they're in in play right now, Martha, when you have a modern nuclear power and the leader of that modern nuclear power willing to use irresponsible rhetoric the way that Mr. Putin has uh, several times in just the last week or two, uh, as well as uh, the the high tensions in Ukraine uh, over just the course of the last few days. So the president, I think, was accurately reflecting uh, the fact that the stakes are very high right now. See, and that's why he's out there instead of uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre Van Dam, Van Dam, Mellencamp, whatever you yes. want to add. Mm-hmm. Because even though that's a complete slimy, squirmy way of excusing the president having a senility attack and saying that we're on the verge of nuclear Armageddon, right? he did spin that in a way that said, no, look, that's not based on new intelligence necessarily. Look, he's just trying to reflect the era that we're in, Okay. That was smooth. There was no, uh, let me uh, 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 turn the page on my notebook and go to the scripted out talking points. There was no, you know, top of mind moment, nothing. He right. just smoothly delivered world-class BS. Because if that same question would have been asked to John claude Pierre Van Damme, it would have been, you know, the booster shots are there right. for a reason. They're to... And it wouldn't have had anything to do with the question that was just asked. And, and we're talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. Act. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Something yes. else. Yeah, right. they would have just gone that way, and that's it. And also, while considering, as she's looking down, and on and on and on. Right. Um, you know, if you ever think, well, man, what difference can anybody make right now with this world going to hell in a handbasket? <laughs> I give you Matt Walsh from Daily Wire. All right. It's always good to hear Matt Walsh. Dude, I mean, when he started talking about what was going on at Vanderbilt with the surgeries, with teens, the trans surgeries, yep. the chopping off of breasts and yep. all the other stuff, and put out the videos. And again, this were or these were videos that Vanderbilt had put out themselves, like celebrating themselves. It's like a warning from one of the people. And Vanderbilt saying, hey, you doctor around here and you got a problem with this, then maybe you shouldn't be here. And the other person talking about how much money we can make from these trans surgeries. Mm-hmm. And they keep coming back because they need more help. It's great. We can make this money. So now they have decided to pause the transgender surgeries 
for that age group at Vanderbilt. Whoa. While there is a review. How about that? Wow, good. Yes. When there is a review. Well, you've got, as soon as that story went out and people started talking about it, then you had people in Tennessee, Republicans, saying, hey, we got to do something about this. We need to look into this. And then all of a sudden the pressure started coming down on these people. And I remember one night, I think it was Tucker, and maybe he had Walsh on, and it showed pictures of the board members. Mm-hmm. Like, And you should let them know if they don't know this is going on. Like the pressure was coming down, and all of a sudden, yeah, we better halt yeah. this stuff. Boy, doesn't, doesn't that really undercut the claim that this is life-saving surgery then? Yes, it does. Because if it were life-saving surgery, they would not stop doing it. They would, they would hold fast. They would hold the line, no matter what came down. I mean, if you had if you had someone, let's say they were a blogger and they were raising all sorts of hell about how, uh, like run of the mill cancer treatments are evil or something like that, and demanding that they be stopped, right? They'd say go pound sand, regardless Absolutely. of what happened, mm-hmm. right? But now all of a sudden, because there's actual pushback, they're saying, okay, we're we're going to pause this for now. More review. You see, that, that's the only thing that irritates me. Always the more review stuff. Just come out and say, we're not going to do this anymore. Well, when we're that gonna, happens... We're going to stop. We stop today. This doesn't happen anymore here. When that happens, it will be very quiet. Just, that's just the PR stuff. What, do you, what, are we, what are we reviewing? You either did it or you didn't do it. You either have been doing it and currently are doing it or you're not. Well, we were doing it and we were going to keep doing it until all of a sudden... We found out a lot of people have a big problem with this. Well, then let's just say pushback. we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, not to say we won't review it later, but for right now, for the near foreseeable future, we're not going to do it. Just review nonsense because then, you know, six months from now, they're still reviewing. Right now, for today, I'm taking the good news that they, I, I, it, I understand they probably that. won't do it. Go back to freaking root cause and, <laughs> you know, it's just nothing gets done, right? It just stays that way. But, man... You know, and I'll say that about Daily Wire, because different people that work there have said this at different times. We're, we're actually trying to change the way we go about things and holding politicians' feet to the fire on it. You know, because politicians can get up and make speeches and get nothing done. Right. This got something done. Yeah. So I hope it continues. Keep the pressure on these knuckleheads. That's yeah. off. Um, meanwhile... There are people on the left that are looking out for black life um, and apparently want them to quit the NFL. Yeah, well, no. They want the NFL to magically make head trauma not a thing. What? I go about doing that, but MSNBC, they tried to talk about the NFL and specifically the controversy around uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, His head hit the turf really hard on a Sunday game. Uh, He partially collapsed heading back to the huddle. Then on Thursday, he was back in took another hit, had a seizure on the field. So obviously there's been a lot of talk about the NFL's concussion guidelines. Mm-hmm. And they said, what, the initial one was a back spasm or something like that? Yeah. Come on, man. He got yeah, lost he going back to, to the huddle. Yeah, he started to fall because it was, he had a back problem. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, but MSNBC's Tiffany Cross says the NFL is obviously racist. <laughs> Roll it. I gotta say, Mike, the optics just look bad. To see all these black men crashing into each other with a bunch of white owners, white coaches, and the complete disregard of black bodies and black life. I mean, is Tua black? 
You know, I, I, I think when there was this conversation about Bruno Mars years ago, because Bruno Mars was obviously taking uh, a lot of uh, inspiration from uh, black musicians from the 80s and even earlier than that. And there was an article, I don't remember if it was on one of the formerly known as Gawker websites or, or what, that he that Bruno Mars had no right to lift that music because he was what they called their words, not mine, but it's always stuck in my mind. He was a non-black POC, non-black person of color. That's right. And therefore, I do remember that. It was actually cultural appropriation because he's not black. So Tua might actually fall into that category from the absolute lunatics on the left, that he's not actually, well, he's not black. So therefore, how does this argument make any sense? It doesn't, of course. But does that ever stop Tiffany Cross? If Tiffany Cross could never speak about race or practice in just, you know, race hustling, she wouldn't have a job. That's all she does. I mean, it just represents a larger issue. Uh, and I think that's the problem. And with the NFL ratings through the roof, you know, I just wonder what um, what incentive do they have to just be better? <laughs> just be better. <laughs> just can't, you can't. You can't argue with that. It's like I, talking to your shoe. I mean, you just, at some <laughs> point in time, it just doesn't matter. I, I just, just let her go. I, you know, I really like to just sort of lift some of the left's language when describing this and say, well, are you saying that Tua and, and any other person of color who plays in the NFL and gets compensated very well for it lacks agency? Because I wonder if at the end of the day, like with Tua in particular, how much was he involved in this? Like pushing, you know, or either lying to trainers, lying to doctors, pushing to be out on the field because he was worried about losing his job. That does happen. Dude, it happens with high school athletes. Yeah, they just want to play that aren't getting compensated. Yeah. They just want to play. Right. Uh, yes, it does happen quite often. But she's saying they're just being used and right. made to do this. Right. Honestly, I don't know how you view the head injury stuff with the NFL. But when all this started coming out like 10 years ago, and it felt like they were not being honest with players. Like, players had no idea what they were in for. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, all this was news to them that the repeated, it wasn't just the big concussions. It was just the repeated blows to the head. Especially if you're on the line, you're banging heads, yeah. like, every single down. That has this effect over time that can lead to CTE. Okay. Everyone is well aware now right. of what you're getting into. Okay, so at least for me watching, not a big concern. That makes me an a-hole. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. I don't know. Do you have the same yeah. sort of thought? Yeah, I, I don't do. want to see any, anybody no, get hurt or not. blown up or no. anything else. Um, but that's part of the game, and they all know it. You know, do what you can to protect the players. I mean, certainly. I mean, they were talking about these new helmets and, you know, how that may be something. You know, moving forward, do all okay. You, but at some point in time, it's it's that's how the game's played. Yeah, it's a violent freaking game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good chance of getting hurt. Yeah. Man, it, heartbreaking story over the weekend. I couldn't believe this. Did you hear about the pickup basketball game with the woman against the dude? No. Okay. Because this ends really badly. This was in Texas. And the family of this woman is telling the local news, her name is Asia Womack, that she was shot and killed by a friend. And this was at a local park. 
she was a great high school basketball player um, in the Dallas area. Was playing a pickup game with this dude, and she beat him. Mm. And so apparently, according to the story, um, he takes his kids home and his brother home, comes back with a gun and shoots her. Oh, gosh. And all you can think, and there was a local pastor that was quoted in the story saying, this is so senseless. Um, it, it, you became embarrassed because a, a female beat you in basketball? And so you then kill her? Mm. It just makes no sense. Mm. You wonder if there was some relationship beforehand that they were adversaries of some kind? I don't know. So they were friends. I just feel like there's got to be something more to this story than just that. Well, You're I mean, such there's a, a little bit. You go home and take your kids, but then you go back to kill her? Holy cow. And there is an age difference. It's like 21 or 2, and I think 31. I'm trying to see it in the story yeah. again. I don't know, man. Just senseless. Why would something happen like that? I don't think that's going to make national news, by the way. No. Probably, no, probably not. Um, oh, my gosh. On a lighter note and a happier note, did anybody see or hear the story about the soldier that surprised his pregnant wife and showed up for the birth? Because it was going to be she was just going to have to have the baby on her own. And they set it up ahead of time where he's just sort of hiding behind the corner in the room. And they kind of wheel her back in there. Mm-hmm. She's got, you know, the thing hooked up to her. And then he just puts his arm out. And there's really not great audio because it's just like, ah! And yeah. then there's just the hug that goes on forever. Mm. A lot of people had to, you know, make a lot of effort to make that happen. But, man, that was cool. It's good That's to cool. see things like that. Yeah, I like that. Even Scott likes something like that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's nice. Those are nice stories. There are a lot of great people in the world. Yeah. you got to remind yourself of that every once in a while. Because there is a lot of darkness going on right now. Um, something else I want to get to. Jake Tapper saying people who criticize election meddling are worse than election deniers. What is yeah. that? Straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. So Jake Tapper said that people who criticize election meddling are worse than what? Well, you're basically the worst person in the country. Uh, If you have a problem with the way the media and big tech came together to censor negative information about Joe Biden, oh, like that actually credible sexual assault allegation from a woman named Tara Reid? Oh, or, or, or the crackhead son, Hunter, you know, with the laptop from hell. I'm talking about doing all mm-hmm. sorts of business deals all over the world and that Joe Biden was at least aware of it, if not directly involved in many of these things. Yes. So he said the setup was uh, Jake from Jake Tapper on CNN was basically there are two types of election deniers. There's the conspiracy theorists and then... These questioners who are even worse. And then there's the questioners. And these questioners, these Republican questioners, to me, a lot of them are people who know better, but are afraid (laughs) that if they don't at least come out with, oh, it was rigged in a different way because Twitter wouldn't let the New York Post publish a 
you know, publicize the Hunter Biden story or whatever, but they go along with it in a way that makes them feel comfortable, but they're still playing along with the lie. I almost find them more cynical players than the denier. Well, I find you <laughs> to be a disgrace to your profession because you're not a real journalist or you would have dug into it at the time and told people the truth. But you fall on the side of propagandist more than journalist. Fake son of a... Up yours, Tapper. I fight these people. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and read the Molly Hemingway book, Jake. You'll probably learn something. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, I saw it on NBC. Uh, boy, I'll tell you. Uh, Texas, Arizona, Florida, they're mean. Yeah. Uh, they send these uh, migrants. Don't say illegal. Um, just so many looking for asylum. Okay. Very few would ever really get asylum. But forget that. That's part of the talking point. Uh-huh. They're bad people because New York City can't take on any more people. Well, then stop saying you're a sanctuary city. Right. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Say you're closed. We're not taking it anymore. We're, as a matter of fact, we're against it. Well, but then they we'd have do to that. do something at the border then. So Gabe Gutierrez is part of the Today Show, and this is a big story. This was in the first package of the day. With bus after bus arriving from the southern border, this morning New York City is under a state of emergency. This is unsustainable. Right. Yes. That's what people in those other states have been saying, not just for months, but for years. Uh, yeah. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. The city is going to run out of funding for other priorities. Mayor Eric Adams says what? the city is burning through a billion dollars this fiscal year on what he calls a humanitarian crisis. More than 61,000 people living in shelters. We need help. And we need it now. Mayor Adams is blasting Texas's Republican governor, Greg Abbott, who's been busing migrants from his state. Yeah, you deal with the problem there where it belongs, far from us on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. How many times have I heard that's what the statue stands for? Right. Why? Lady Liberty is here for everyone. I am, I am extremely disappointed by uh, the mayor of New York City's rampant racism and xenophobia. Yeah. He's basically literally Hitler now. Well, by the left standards. Yeah. You're playing that game. Yeah. Abbott's office telling NBC News Mayor Adams is an absolute hypocrite, adding instead of fear-mongering and complaining about a few thousand migrants in his sanctuary city, Mayor Adams should call on President Biden to do his job and secure the border. Yes. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Yes. There are different issues that we have across the country that you can disagree with people. And if you try, you can see the other side. May not agree with it, but you can sort of get where someone's coming from. On this, I I can't. Yeah. I really can't. All the time you're talking about, well, this is what we are. You know, opportunity. 
People trying to escape. Oh, it's in our town? Oh, this is irresponsible. No. Buenos dias. In Washington, D.C., migrants have been dropped off outside the home of Vice President Kamala Harris. It was a 40-hour trip, this man said. Back in New York. Oh, that's really... Man, how long did it take you to get across the border? No kidding. Like, in an air-conditioned bus, I'll take that over walking through the desert. Dude, you know what they never talk about, too, with Legacy Media? What's when that? they interview different people and say, honestly, they took better care of us on the bus than they did in the shelters. Right. This was great. It was awesome. Back in New York, charities are struggling to keep up. This weekend, hundreds of migrants, many from Venezuela, lined up for warm clothes as winter approaches. Here. Well, it's, it's, that's all part of it, isn't it? It's warmer in South Texas. They should just stay there. They don't need yeah. coats. Right. Oh, God. Randall's Island construction on this tent camp is expected to continue throughout the day. The camp is expected to open in the next few days, and it's also expected to house about 500 migrants for no more than 96 hours. Yeah. Oh, I, I, they're actually building camps for migrants now. They're talking about putting them on cruise ships and whatnot because they have no place to put them. I mean, unlike uh, resource-rich places like Del Rio, Texas, of course. I mean, they, you know. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. And, and to Scott's point, I know you go, you go to this all the time. You're a sanctuary city. You said open yeah. arms. And all I got rattling around in my head is this old Mitch Hedberg joke where he says uh, he notices that at McDonald's commercials, it says prices and participation may vary. And his whole, his whole bit there was, I want to open up a, a McDonald's and not participate in anything. Like someone walks in and says, hey, I'd like a cheeseburger. Nope. We got spaghetti and blankets. And that's New York right now. We have our arms open. Wait, you actually want to come here? No, never mind. No, no, sorry. We're closed. Get it. Get the hell out now. There is that, man. And then when old Gabe there at the end is saying 500 people, you know, for, for how many ever hours it was, like 500. And I'm like. Okay, this is like the person, you know, somewhere in the Midwest that experienced a rainstorm and there was water in the ditch, okay, by the driveway. Yeah. This is unacceptable, telling someone in Florida that on the coast. Right. Hey, sorry, Fort Myers, but we got some water in our ditch here. Right. <laughs> well, we need help. Well, dude, give they me say a break. 500 migrants for more than, or no more than 96 hours, there's more than that sleeping on the streets of El Paso every day because the thousand yeah. or so migrants that are in the shelter system uh, have filled up the shelter system. So yeah, if they were an same. honest news organization, they would show the photos or video of what's going on there. They can't take them. Goodness gracious. Okay, moving on. Glenn Youngkin, um, did you feel like this was at least an attempt at a gotcha moment from Jake Tapper on CNN. Oh, yeah, sure, totally. Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia? Yeah. Well, yeah, the governor of Virginia, uh, Glenn Youngkin, did something that was sane, and legacy media types hate him for it. So there's a new rule that's going through the process right now that says, hey, boys play sports with other boys and girls play sports with other girls. If you have that gender divide, if you have a girls and a boys team, the boys won't play with the girls. The girls won't play with the boys because there's a reason why these sports are separated by gender. Yeah. Uh, and also schools can't secretly transition a kid from one gender to another. We're not doing that. 
parents have to be involved. Yeah, so he was interviewed by Jake Tapper on CNN, and Tapper doesn't like it, not one bit. Hmm. But, but, Governor, this policy could be seen, I could see very easily how it excludes parents. What it, look, here's a question for you. The American Academy of Pediatrics says these kinds of laws about bathrooms and excluding people, uh, ignoring their gender identity. They say, the American Academy of Pediatrics says these kind of laws can increase the risk of depression, anxiety, and even suicide among transgender youth. Did you talk to any, any transgender youth when coming up with this policy? Yes, so we, we've, had, we've had lots of interactions across the, across with transgender the, youth? Across the, the, the administration. And let me just back up. What we're not saying is that there's no accommodation. What we're saying is parents have to be engaged in that decision. Yes, you can't have a kid transition at school and the parent be out of the loop. We're not doing that, Jake, for obvious reasons. The kids belong to the parents, not the state. But anyway, it goes on. So he says he's what? Yeah. Youngkin is disrespecting the rights of parents who want their kids to be trans? Oh, please. Okay. All of a sudden, that clip from my system is gone. There it is. Unfortunately, it appeared. But, But, Governor, this policy... Could be seen. I could see very easily how it excludes. No, not parents. that clip. It, look, here's a question for you. The American Academy. Of no, no, no. By the way, quick point on that on yeah. that first clip. And I think this needs to be pointed out a lot. Here's a question for you. The American Academy of Pediatrics says they don't have credibility anymore. Right. They used to. The American Academy of Pediatrics used to have credibility, and parents could listen to them for guidance on what to do, whether it was medicines. Um, something psychological, whatever it could be. Their credibility is gone. Yeah, well, in in 2020, about halfway through 2020, they said, uh, as they were talking about extending school closures, they came out and said, no, the best place for a kid to be right now in this situation is a school. The data show that, our information shows that. Um, And then they got bullied into changing their tune completely because of political pressure. Correct. Yes. So... Whenever, you know, that's brought up, it's like, I got you. Well, the American Academy of Pediatrics. Right. So what? Mm-hmm. They're saying you should take puberty blockers. That's crazy. Well, it, it's experimental science. This is according to the CDC, which we learned for two years, too. Exactly. You know, that was garbage. And the trust is gone. Absolutely. And you can blame those people. Don't blame the people that don't trust them anymore. Right. They're going by the evidence. Here's yeah. the other clip. It sounds like you're excluding parents that might be supportive of their child. Uh, going to the bathroom or going or joining a sports team that is uh, in alignment with their gender identity. Well, c- certainly not. If parents actually want their child to be able to change a pronoun or their name or use a bathroom, if parents choose that, then legally that's what the schools will do. With regards to sports teams, this is a different issue, and and I do believe that it's unfair for girls to have biological boys play sports with biological girls. There are sports with, with, segregated, with segregated sexes uh, for those sports, and those sports should be honored that way. Yes, because that's sane. And that's the way it's going to be done. Makes total sense. And you can hear the left saying, well, you're going to have kids committing suicide. That, when you look at the numbers, that's a load. Yeah. Well, and, and no one ever wants to dig deeper on why. Why a kid going through something like that would be at a higher risk. And they think that it's, well, they were born this way, and therefore they're going to be at a higher risk if you, try, if you do anything other than to affirm. 
other than saying, well, maybe it's actually the other way around. They were already prone to anxiety, prone to depression, things Correct. like that. And this is a way of them trying to mitigate those feelings. But parents not actually helping them work through it is more damaging than just going along with it. Yes. Well, then they personalize it, too. Yeah. You want kids to die. No, I want them to be healthy. No, I don't want kids to die. Stop that. Not. Just stop it. Of course. That if, I, if I'm opposed to this, then I want kids to die. Yeah. That's on your hands. Okay. Right. Oh, did you guys hear the story about the uh, sheriff in Polk County, Florida, Grady Judd? Talking about uh, different people that had looted not only businesses, but even homes. Yeah, I did hear what he said. Sometimes when people are actually home, because unfortunately, and you know this happens every time there's a disaster, there are going to be people that will try to take advantage of other people and steal a bunch of stuff. So, again, Sheriff Grady Judd had some... <laughs> advice to people on how to deal with the situation. People have a right to be safe in their homes. They have a right for their property to be safe, even when part of their home may be torn away. And these looters, that's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. I would highly suggest that if a looter breaks into your home, comes into your home while you're there to steal stuff, that you take your gun and you shoot him. You shoot him so that he looks like grated cheese. Because you know what? That's one looter that won't break into anyone else's home and take advantage of them when they're the most vulnerable and the most weak. Okay, so maybe that's controversial for some people. Well, don't loot and you won't find out whether that's Grated going cheese. to happen. Yep. Yeah, you don't want to go looting, <laughs> you know, especially. And it does. It gives people pause like, oh, man, that sheriff just said that. Yeah. You shoot him so that he looks like grated cheese. Oh, yes. It's a good image for you there if you're thinking about looting. All right. So California lawmakers talking about gas prices. An oil company has something to say. You'll want to hear this straight ahead. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Notice the gas prices are coming right back up. I did mm -hmm. notice that. Yep. Mm. Well, the, the president has nothing to do with it, though. But he did when they were going down. Yeah. Yeah, but not when they go up. That's that's greed at the pump. Big oil greed. And this is in the news again, David? Yeah, well, the state of California, we, we played that clip from Gavin Newsom. What was that, last week or maybe the week before last who was saying, we're opening an investigation into big oil and how they're screwing you, residents of California, because for some reason it's more expensive in California than it is in the rest of the country. Why would that be? Pretty easy to actually figure out why, but, you know, they, they have virtue signaling to do, I guess. So they, uh, the state officials and regulators sent a letter demanding information about why gas prices are so high in the state of California. Well, Texas-based Valero responded, actually like a day before the deadline, wrote this letter to them explaining why it's more expensive to do business in the state of California and why gas prices are higher as a result. They because said, well, you did it! Right. 
That's what it comes down to. They write, quote, for Valero, California is the most expensive operating environment in the country in a very hostile regulatory environment for refining uh, oil. Uh, California policymakers have knowingly adopted policies with the expressed intent of of eliminating the refinery sector. California requires refiners to pay very high carbon cap and uh, cap and trade fees and burden gasoline with the cost of low carbon fuel standards. With the backdrop of these policies, not surprisingly, California has seen refineries completely close or shut down major units. When you shut down refinery operations, you limit the resilience of the supply chain. Hey, it's almost like you didn't <laughs> think it through with all that green weenie stuff. And then he goes on. I mean, it's just it's just blow after blow after blow against the state of California, as he also explains, hey, by the way, we have to make a fuel specific for the state of California that is not used anywhere else in the country. And so, yes, when a refinery goes down in California, it's not like we're going to start transitioning a refinery in Texas in order to bring you the fuel you require. We're not going to do that because Texas won't use that fuel. We're not making California-specific right. fuel anywhere else in the country. And, I, I mean, it's just it, – it's a master class in how you take these lunatics down. That's awesome. I'm glad they did that. Because a lot of times you think, well, this is talking points. We all know why the prices are higher there. But is anybody going to actually come out and say something? We demand answers. Well, I guess you got them. Yep. California so you gas, huh? By the way, speaking of taking on somebody – did you see what PayPal was trying to do? Did anybody see the story? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. That they were going to dock people money if they spread what PayPal deemed to be misinformation? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. As much as $2,500? Yeah. You get an account with PayPal and you're putting something out there online and we think, well, that's misinformation. Because goodness knows, these tech companies, they're right on it when it comes to misinformation. In other words, things they don't agree with. Yeah. And so Daily Wire reports on it. They reversed the policy. Okay, maybe not. But the stock prices for PayPal dropped more than 5% today. Earlier today. Yeah, I was afraid I'd have to have a big trunk full of Fauci sucks uh, (laughs) mats for the house. You know, I'm... Just leave it at that. This yeah, is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. David, biggest story today is what? Biggest story of the day, just as it affects your wallet, probably is how gas prices are on the rise. Food prices aren't coming down uh, at all. Um, and I guess uh, <laughs> on the smaller level, but still a very interesting story, it has to do with a major city city council. And, well, they've been exposed for the racists that they are. One of the most You're talking far, about the L.A. City Council. One of the most far-left group of imbeciles to lead a city. Turns out they're raging racists. Uh-oh. Wow. Yes, they are. Not only that, um, and there's a good part of this that honestly should be a surprise to no one. I'll explain what I mean. We will get to that story and much more coming up right here.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So uh, some people on the L.A. City Council have been exposed as, uh-oh, racist! Is it true? Are they racist? Yeah, actually. And actually, wow. the council president has now resigned as council president. I don't know if that means that she's off the city council. Uh, the L.A. Times is saying she is still on the council, but she is no longer part of or she's no longer the president of the city council after this leaked audio came out from an L.A. city council meeting behind closed doors where they were talking about redistricting. The conversation did get very, very racist, it, and it included the council president, now former uh, council president Nuri Martinez and two other council members and a U- and a union boss. Now, in one clip, the socialist DA's name came up. That's George Gascon, and here's what uh, the council president had to say. Okay. You also put a hand from the. Hi, don't worry, I got you. Um. Uh, yeah. So you'll start seeing him line up. He's with the blacks. Help me with that. That was bleep him. He's with the blacks. Oh. Yeah, see. Then it gets very personal when they talk about a council member, Mike Bonin, who has an adopted black son. And Martinez talked about some parade where Bonin and his son were on a float, and she was not thrilled with the way that the child was acting. Oh, okay. The kid bouncing off the effing wall on the float, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. What was that? Uh, she slips into Spanish there. Parece changuito, which means like he looks like a little monkey. Oh boy. Uh oh. They're raising him like a little white kid, which I was like, this kid is a beat down. Like, let me let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That little bonnet. I goes, what is with the bon- What's with bonnet? I said, bonnet thinks he's Okay, help us, David. That's- what, what's with Bonin? Uh, Bonin? Bonin thinks he's bleeping black, presumably because he has a black child. Got it. But Bonin's white. Yes. Okay. Mm. And is it the people that are being accused of being racist are Hispanic? Are they all Hispanic? The Everybody's being meeting, racist? Meeting or? The people that, I'm just from the headline, racist on the council. Oh, well, the people... I don't know. Just the ones all... talking? Yeah, the ones talking. Yes, they were racist. Got it. All right. Well, there were four of them involved in this conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, look. Nobody listen. seemed to object to the language or the terms that were being used. Yeah, either. I mean, if, if somebody I calls. I noticed that. Yeah, if somebody calls a little black kid, like he looks like he's a little monkey, your job is to either say something or, or leave. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, there's times when you hear leaked audio and someone says something completely off the wall and you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I'd be uncomfortable, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what the power dynamics are of that. Right. Man, I, I, that is one of those that seems pretty clear cut to me. Well, and then you got to know um, what derogatory term is being used against what race. Yeah, because if that's against a white person, for a lot of people, that would not be considered racist. Right. And depending on who was the offender, okay, tell me if I'm wrong on this. This is just my read of the culture right now. If you're a white person and you say anything with any sort of terminology that is, say, borderline, and that's toward an Asian American, uh, someone Hispanic, black, it doesn't matter, that's racist. Agreed? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, if it's a black person that says something against an Asian American or a Hispanic or, well, certainly a white person, it may or may not be called racist, but the price to pay is not a lot Mm -hmm. by history. So there's a lot of dynamics at play here Yeah, as far as culture. I mean, in a perfect world, it's all just racist. Yeah. But that's not the game the left plays and media plays and big tech plays. Um, but I think then on the flip side, if there is one race that you criticize, you're, you have a pretty good chance of being called a racist, and that is anyone black. Mm-hmm. That's where the rules change a little bit. Am I wrong? Well, no. I mean, the the cancellation of Bill O'Reilly started because he made fun of, uh, what's her name, Maxine Waters' wig. Yes. Yes. Something like James Brown. Yeah. Right. But that's that's the whole dynamic at play. So they went somewhere they couldn't go, and so she has now said, I got to leave. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. And do you think it's, um, well, there was a couple of different things. Obviously, what she referenced the kid in Spanish, mm-hmm. but it was also saying he's with the blacks. Yeah. Okay. Outside of that, can you criticize the behavior of somebody else's kid on a float? <laughs> I think you can, but you got to oh, be I, careful, right? I, I think you can, yeah. Well, well, she made it all about race, that there's well, all these, all these uh, black that's people, just, and then that's there's the a white problem. dude oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. a black child. But, yeah, I mean, if... I, absolutely, and honestly, I mean, some people are saying she's talking about assaulting a child. I don't know, man. I don't know how many of us no, haven't yeah, that seen. That kid some... probably needs his butt spanked. Yeah, <laughs> who among us hasn't seen a kid running around at Walmart just going crazy, regardless of what color their skin is, and thought, you know what, man, that kid might benefit from some, well, slap therapy. Yes, hand psychology, as they say. <laughs> Not saying I would do it. Somebody should, though. Like a parent. Yes. Preferably, yes. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always the people that scream racist the loudest that are, in fact, racist. Sometimes it works that mm-hmm. way. Um, on other Man, I saw this headline, and I wanted to make sure that I saw it, and it was a, a proper headline. It wasn't misleading. The headline is, it's a fallacy to say we know when pregnancy begins. Yeah. From Stacey Abrams. Good Lord. Democrat Stacey Abrams, the noted insurrectionist and conspiracy theorist who's running for governor in Georgia, says we don't know when pregnancy begins. So she was on Fox News and was asked where the line was when it comes to regulating abortion. Is there any line that you would say, okay, after that, we're going to, in most cases, ban it? Okay, here we go. What I've always said is that abortion is a medical decision that should be made by a doctor and the woman, and that the point of viability as determined by a doctor should always take into consideration the life and health of a woman. That should be the standard. Okay, we'll stop there for a second. When it's the life and health of a woman, I don't even want to quote the percentage. It is so tiny where the woman's life and health is really at risk to where you would terminate the baby to save the mom. In that scenario, it's, in I mean, incredibly rare. I know they quote it all the time. Yeah. 
But do you remember the percentage of that? It's less than 1%. Yeah, it's very, very rare. And then they, what the left has done now is it's some sleight of hand, talking about women who are going through a miscarriage. And I will say, as the husband of a woman who suffered a miscarriage, that is one of the most offensive things I've heard in this debate. I think they know no bounds when it comes to no, this you're right. debate. I mean, they'll say anything. Nothing's off limits, period. It's crazy. Nothing. All right, Abrams goes on. But the arbitrary standards of timelines ignore the medical reality that it is a fallacy we know exactly when a pregnancy starts. What? No. Well, I mean, we, we do have pretty rough guess about how many weeks along you are. I mean, again, we've, I've, we've been fortunate enough to have two babies, and both times we had the sonogram, and mm-hmm. uh, they backdated it to about the time when, yeah, that's when you got pregnant. Also, getting pregnant is not this grand mystery. You know how it happens. <laughs> so you can then take that. They say, well, we think you're about six or seven weeks along. And then you think back, okay, yeah, yeah, it was her birthday. We were staying in a nice hotel. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know exactly when, when this baby yeah, arrived. Right. right, after the playoff game. Yeah, <laughs> mimosas may have been involved. You know, right, whatever, exactly. nice night out yeah. of town. Hold on a second. Yeah. Before we get back to the Abrams audio, are are we to understand that it only happens on special occasion? That's sad. <laughs> it has to be an anniversary or after a playoff game? What's wrong with you or, people? Or boozing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Back to Stacey Abrams. And again, from what used to be known as, or what they said, the party of science or follow the science. Yeah. But again, I think that's worth playing again. And it is a fallacy. We know exactly when a pregnancy starts. And we know exactly where we are in the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the term. And what doctors will tell you is that they need to make decisions based on the woman they are treating. And what women will tell you is that they need the right to make medical decisions that can save their lives. Okay. It's the same talking points. It's absolute nonsense. So they're not uh, going to answer the question, well, when is it, you know, what is the proper time to say no more abortion? Well, the, the, the yeah. woman's hell. I mean, a woman could die. Okay, outside of that. Yeah. Let, let, let's say you carve it out to where if a mm-hmm. woman somehow is going to die, the, yes, you can do an emergency abortion. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I, I think but they carve, won't answer that. Carve outs are, are something you do and you put it out in front and say, here it is. You might want to use different terminology. I'm just no. suggesting. Okay. From the stories yeah, that we've heard. Terrible. It is. Awful. It's absolutely terrible. Okay, switching gears. Again, am I reading this headline right? Inside the water nymph subculture? Yes, you are. This is a fan camp story, oh. just to be clear. Th- what? This, is a, this is a real article. That's a real headline from the Los Angeles Times. What are water nymphs? <clears throat> They're mer people, <laughs> sir. Excuse us. The L.A. Times has this story about this new identity that people are adopting. They're presenting as mermaids or merfolk, if you want to be gender inclusive. Goodness gracious. Merfolk. So they, they tell the story of a dude named Jack LaFlynn, who was a struggling actor who decided to embrace a merman identity. Jeez, oh, it's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now... A merman? Okay. Yeah. Uh, half fish, half man. It was a transformation that turned out to be life altering for this man. 10 years after he tried on his first set piece in his apartment, he is now a full-time merman. And then there's the story of Sammy Silva, who was obsessed with the Disney movie, the little mermaid. You don't say.
Silva, who identifies as gender nonconforming, of course, really? uh, <laughs> says, well, it felt natural the first time I swam in a costume. It's freeing and playful and very much like inner child joy. Uh, and by the way, Silva... Do they stay in the water all the time? No, they don't. They don't. Okay. They, they don't even wear the fin all the time, but it's just something that they like to do. And with Silva in particular, during the pandemic, this person came out as non-binary and actually had her breasts removed, had a double mastectomy, and then, you know, went and swam with the people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's also this Mare Network. It's a forum that's been prominent for mermaid enthusiasts over the years. Yeah. Uh, the, the pages of Mare Network, the article reads, are still filled with tips on how to build a seashell-laden crown and suggestions for tail-friendly places to swim in cities across the United States. <laughs> just, what planet am I on? So I'm well, at a hotel. Kid, I got the kids at a hotel. Yeah. yeah. And some jackass jumps in with a tail. Yeah. Well, it's hard to jump with a tail. We could hop and then sli- jump. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Slither. Got to get out there somehow, right? Someone in the Biden White House read that article and was like, we need a, we need mayor person, mayor folk representation now in the White House. Which toilet can they use? That's all I know. <laughs> well, it, does sea life mind if they whiz in the water? <laughs> of course, <laughs> they'd be whizzing down their costume. Which they have to take it down a ways, wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I would think. I don't know. Especially if it's equipped. Breathable. I don't know. Yeah, there boy, could oh be button flies on those things. <laughs> Probably not time for this ill-advised clip. I would like to uh, hug a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> not a person that's got a fin on. <laughs> No, you are. That's a. It was a, a real long story that. That was one some guy with a furry chest and a lot of after, jewelry with a was, big tail. That was yeah. Robbins after his heart attacks, and that's what he answered on his bucket list number one. And then it, David made it happen. Made it happen. Yes. last year, and yeah. it was great, and everyone was happy. Yes, it was good. It was really good. Okay, but no relation to this story. No. All right, very good. I wonder if that dude can bounce a, a ball off his nose. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's, listen, you're making a mockery of a very important identity on, on the gender spectrum, Scott. <laughs> LGBTQ plus mermaid. Yeah, mermaid, M. He would like to hug a mermaid. Okay, <laughs> no, news update next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. <laughs> <laughs> Made in America. That's that's three words, but yeah. yeah. So, so for anyone paying attention to the fact that Joe Biden is senile, uh, this was not surprising. It's still kind of fun to kick around. Well, uh, representative, Republican Representative Lauren Boebert decided to get in on the joke on Twitter. And put out a statement that said two words, let's go, Brandon. (laughs) Now, the interesting thing is that there are a lot of prominent lefties on social media who, again, just have the blinders on when it comes to Uncle Joe being senile and ready for an old folks home. Assisted living, you can still have a very active lifestyle um, if you want. Uh, And they are making fun of her for being an idiot. (laughs) This is some of the most incredible just self-ownage I've ever seen. 
David Hogg. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-gun activist. That's Robin's favorite. That guy. Responded by saying three words. You're an idiot. You, uh, you know what? Can I just say something about yeah. that guy? Humorless. Humorless jackass David Hogg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy. Okay, never mind. So He's then you've got uh, Representative Casey Weinstein. That's three words. God, these people. Are so George dense. Takei. Oh, no. <laughs> she can't count. <laughs> oh, my. Pundit John Cooper. Lauren Boebert just completely humiliated herself, tweeting two words, let's go, Brandon. That's three words. She's such a friggin' moron. You people are really stupid, aren't you? Yeah. Start off with two words. Uh, Florida Senate candidate, I guess, Gary Farmer. Check me if I'm wrong, Scotty, but I'm pretty sure that in addition to being absolutely inappropriate for a sitting member of Congress is three words, not two. Made in America. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm. the, the dunking. Joanne Reed got in on it from MSNBC. That's three words. Who wants to tell her? <laughs> God. Jeez. Two words. Two words. Uh, uh. Joy Reid, two words. You suck. This is the Martin Lee Van Cave and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We mentioned there's a lot going on. One of the things that didn't get a whole lot of attention is that the Florida Surgeon General issued a warning for the mRNA vaccines. Yeah, I saw the video on this. Yeah. And that Florida will not be silent on the truth. So you saw it. What was your reaction, Scott? Uh, I was not surprised. I think he's felt that way for a while. What uh, they did was they recommended men 18 to 39 not get the vaccine. For coronavirus, because of a heightened risk of cardiac-related death. I need help with my cardiac-related problems. I'd like another mRNA vaccine, please. (laughs) Can you just put it right into my chest this time? (laughs) Well, this doesn't concern you. Well, I know I'm not 39, but... But you've also had heart attacks. Well, I know that's what I mean. (laughs) I mean, I hear about this, and it just freaks out now. And I'm like, okay, now what? Okay. So I've seen this covered in a number of different ways, even though it doesn't make the national headlines, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your reaction to it, David? I mean, I, I think he actually is following exactly what public health officials have done all over the Western world. So I'm not entirely sure why he's supposed to be the villain in this one when we are kind of an outlier when it comes to especially young, young kids. Mm-hmm. With these COVID vaccines, we are an outlier. As far as other countries go, yeah, yes, my goodness, mm-hmm. yes. And especially, you know, as he said, males aged eighteen to thirty-nine. 
they go through all the numbers, and basically it comes up as this, as we've heard before. It's riskier to get the vaccine than it is to get COVID yeah. if you have no other pre-existing conditions. Right. Okay. So I saw one of the outlets that covered it was Forbes, and they ran over the Florida Surgeon General, Joseph uh, Ladapo, saying, well, he can make these numbers up. What? Anybody can make numbers up. Well, yeah, we've seen why, that Why repeatedly. are you accusing the guy that has these numbers that say this as opposed to, well, the CDC yeah. or anybody else? So, so if you're Remember look- when Florida would, would give their own research and it would be poo-pooed and they would end up to be right? Yeah. Well, and I think if you go back a, a year and a half ago, let's just say for the sake of argument, when people were saying publicly that the COVID vaccine uh, prevents you from getting it, prevents you from spreading it. At yes. that point, the heart inflammation issue for, especially for younger men, age, well, men under the age of 40, basically, um, the argument could be made that the heart inflammation issue is worse with the coronavirus if you get it. So in that case, the risk assessment made sense. You said, okay, well, there is a chance, there's a small chance that there could be some, I could land in the hospital with some heart issues. Um, yes, that that's there, but there's a greater risk of that plus other things with the coronavirus itself. Well, now we know that this this vaccine doesn't actually stop you from getting it or spreading it, and therefore the risk calculation goes in the wrong direction when it comes to just willy-nilly getting as many boosters as they say you should get. So yes. you can have that responsible conversation. I mean, it, it, there's nothing inherently evil about bringing that up. I mean, I, it's kind of shocking. It actually is following... Uh, the numbers, especially if this guy's also out there saying, hey, if you've got other conditions that do make COVID a riskier mm-hmm. proposition, then yes, get it, because it could lessen the symptoms and the severity of your illness. Well, and there was a story over the weekend, real quick, um, made the rounds. Fox News had it. I'll just read from the Fox News story. It's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And I don't bring this up to say, well, there's proof it was the vaccine that did it. I don't know. But as you said, David, to be able to have the conversation and not just be called a conspiracy theorist or you're trying to kill people would be nice because we all just want to know what the truth is. It's not to be right about anything. You want your kids to be safe. You yourself want your entire family to be safe. Mm -hmm. But the story, the heartbreaking story from Fox was that a rep from Illinois, a Democratic rep, Sean Caston, and his family just revealed that their teenage daughter, who died in June, it was from cardiac arrhythmia. Oh, God. And, you know, the, the statement was from the family this past June, our daughter, Gwen, died of a sudden cardiac arrhythmia. In layman's terms, she was fine, and then her heart stopped. And it goes on to say she died peacefully in her sleep after eating dinner with her parents and then going out with friends for a few hours. Um, talked about how she was looking forward to going to college this fall. Said she was a healthy teenager, ate well, exercised, received regular medical checkups, did not suffer from any behavioral issues, and was close with family and friends. She was fully vaccinated against COVID-19, family said in the statement. Said we're heartbroken, but it's not unique. Sudden, unexplained heart failure among youth. Healthy people is rare but real. We are left grasping at the wrong end of random chance. And so there are definitely people out there that see that and say, 
That was the vaccine. You've seen heart failure with other people around the world. I don't know that. It's possible. Don't know. But when you're reading stories of people reporting on others around the world that have had these types of issues, it's at least worthy of consideration. Not everyone is the boogeyman out to just, you know, get Fauci. No, people just want to know the freaking truth. And what caused something like this? And what is the best decision you can make for your kid? Because I think for a lot of people that have kids around that age trying to figure out exactly what to do, and you get into yourself heated conversations, and in the end, you, again, don't want to be proven right. You just want to do what's best. But you got to be able to talk about that stuff. But when a perfectly healthy child drops dead of a cardiac arrest, yep. Is it worth our time to at least explore that maybe, just maybe, perhaps, that that vaccine had something to do with it? Yes. So other parents can make an educated decision on whether or not they... Of course it does. Right. Damn these people. Yeah. Okay. If you want to lighten it up, I can lighten it up a little bit. No, I'd rather just keep diving into the heavy end of the pool. Okay. My brain's going to melt here pretty soon, but go ahead. No, I can do whatever, man. No, it's it's just frustrating when I hear you told the story, and it's like we're just supposed to go. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's you rare, gotta, you but gotta talk overall, about that stuff. you know. No, I said it before. No, I know. I, I agree. We see you. all the numbers. the The risk for a healthy teenager um, or young male to actually get COVID's not there. I not read that story today, though, and I just doesn't make sense. To scream when I read that stuff. Well, and dude, Denmark. That's why they said nobody under fifty. Right. But you're getting this unless you have comorbidities. You can't even country. talk about the possibility. Right, They'll throw you up. off social media. They won't allow you to speak. They'll label you as a hysterical nut job. I mean, it's just, you know, okay. All right. I'm done now. Trump was in Nevada for a rally. He was also in Arizona, but this clip is from, <laughs> from Nevada. Have you heard about Trump using a clip that his staff put together of Biden? Oh, I, yeah, I saw a headline on it. I didn't see the clip I didn't itself. See the clip okay, either. so you, this is the test market right here, because I don't know if this translates great without the visual of Joe making these gaffes. I would say it does, because a lot of these we've played several times yeah. over, well, the years now. Uh, but Trump sets it up this way. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? <laughs> How would you say your mental focus is? It's focused. <laughs> I say it's, I think it's. I, I haven't. Look. Let's get ready to bumble. I think it's okay because there's a lot of music and sound effects. <laughs> You're already laughing. Good God. Because right. he got that guy to say that. Bumble. <laughs> Here we go. For people that bad in health care. True America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. And Cornpop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, wait, wait. wait. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway. That's one where he gave up, which might be my all-time favorite. 
All right, have you had enough, or do you want a little oh, more? Oh, no, i got to have more now. <laughs> Does it translate, David, do you think? I think so, yeah. Oh, I think so, too. Okay, yeah. all right, roll. <laughs> we went for two reasons. One, two. That's not the sound effects. Perfect. <laughs> okay. okay, keep going. <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple mushrooms, but the nature, not representative. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I'm going to make sure that she was going to be here. Um, uh, um, you ready for this? What am I doing here? Tucker. Yeah. I got hairy legs that turn. That, 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 that. Thank you for tolerance for listening to me. I appreciate it very much. What? There you go. That's it. Wow. That's a tour de force right there. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> you can't help it, man. And y'all ready for this? Is jamming in the background <laughs> yes. the whole time too. Just keeps rolling. The along. reboot sound effect though. Outstanding. <laughs> okay. Uh, Head of the teachers' union is off to Ukraine to assess the situation. Why? We'll get to that much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was on Fox today. He was talking about Russia and Ukraine. Ukraine blows up the bridge. Russia comes back, hits Kiev. The latest number I saw, 11 people dead. And so they're asking Mike Pompeo, who's obviously an expert in this stuff, what were your thoughts about Russia hitting Ukraine back there. Uh, it tells me they're going to stay at this until we convince Vladimir Putin that the cost is too high. This was the, the central failure of Biden was that he couldn't deter Vladimir Putin. So it's time. They've been dribbling out these weapons too slow, not enough range. We should be providing the Ukrainians every tool they need to convince we're not. Vladimir Putin. And, we're- and this is interesting because mm-hmm. I haven't heard this take too often that, yeah, we're giving them stuff, but we're not giving enough. And the timing. So see what you think of this. We say we're going to give them high marks. We give them four. We give them enough ammunition to last two weeks. We should be providing them with everything they need to provide overwhelming firepower to convince Putin he's got to stop this. Uh, slow, late, short. That's been the model. That's disastrous for America. What do you think of that? I mean, none mm-hmm. of us are experts in this field, but I respect that dude. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if you want to make the argument, half measures are just a continual cycle of failure. That's basically what they do, and that's what the Biden administration loves to do at every level. At yep. the same time, no, I don't. I don't think we need to be 100% financing this war. I don't. I don't think we need to be because if we do that, we give them a blank check, which it already kind of feels like we have been. <laughs> been over 60 billion dollars worth of equipment and direct aid. I mean, at the same time, uh, 
we should not be spending any more money on that when we've got a full-scale invasion happening at our own southern border. I come at this from two sides. I agree I agree with what David just said. Mm-hmm. There's another side of me that says, quit half-assing wars. We do, we do this stuff, and we end up... Vietnam was a great example. Um, I think there's something to that where you're saying... Afghanistan, okay. certainly. If we're going to get involved... Then do it. Either do it or don't do it, do it, do it, it but figure something out. Right? But what they're doing right now is not working. No, because this will this will <clears throat> perpetuate and continue and continue and continue and continue. And I'm sorry to be cynical where my mind can sometimes go, but after what we've learned over the last, I don't know, 10 to 20 years, is there part of the people that run this country, Congress and otherwise, that kind of like to keep on rolling and just keep making weapons and keep making money? Oh, there's yeah. a military-industrial complex, certainly, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're making boatloads of money. So there was one other thing thought worthy of bringing up was the crew on Fox asking Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, hey, what would you think when Biden at a fundraiser is talking about, hey, Putin nukes? <laughs> you know, what do you think of that? Reckless. Absolutely reckless to go to fundraiser. Imagine John Kennedy going to a Democrat fundraiser and say, hey, you know, Khrushchev's moving some missiles into Cuba. Right. Hey, could you write me a bigger check? Sure. Uh, Putin heard this. Our allies and friends heard this. This is truly dangerous. Uh, Vladimir Putin, there's some risk he'll use a nuclear weapon, but if President Biden is truly concerned about that, go to the American people, make the case, and then to your point, Brian, earlier, do the work to prevent him from actually believing that this will benefit him. Right. The, the, the idea that Ronald Reagan had of peace through strength, this administration simply doesn't understand. Really interesting. See where it goes. Um, know this. Things are going to be in good hands in Ukraine. Because Randy Weingarten, teachers union president, when is does, headed there. When does Putin resign? Today? <laughs> That's, that strikes fear yeah. into the dark heart of Vladimir Putin, doesn't it? This was a weird thing to see this morning. But yeah, Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, says, woke up this morning to reports of discussing a Russian missile strikes, heading to the border now to assess the situation. God. She has officially, by the way, crossed into Ukraine. So you know things are about to get real. Hey, man, I mean, she destroyed a generation of children here at home. I'm sure she could work some of that magic on Russia. So if you're one of those teachers that's already bent about paying the dues mm-hmm. that Randy Weingarten runs with that union, mm-hmm. are you even more ticked off today? What? Yeah, Who's get to, paying for this? Yeah, it's like having your five-year-old unmasked in school. That's too dangerous. Here, I'm going to go to a war zone. <laughs> Duh, okay. And again, just to try to understand why, what is she going to do there? Uh, it is literally handing a check to educators in Ukraine. No one else can do that? Uh, well, no, she's got a photo op to do. That's exactly right. Never, right. never forget, when she was first standing with Ukraine, she printed out posters that had the Ukrainian flag right. upside down on it. Because they're, <laughs> they're too stupid to know how to use Google. Well, that means distress, David. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Part of that, man, you just you can't make uh, it you up. Can't. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story today would be what? Uh, there's a lot going on today. Probably the biggest story of the day um, would be that, well, the president is talking about you know nuclear war with Russia, warning about that at high-dollar fundraisers. Um, also, that uh, 
Valero, the big oil company, has completely taken to task this left-wing talking point that oil companies are just unfairly jacking up the price of oil uh, and making consumers pay for their greed. You mean Herschel Walker possibly paying for someone's abortion years ago is not one of the biggest stories of the day? You know, not really. No. (laughs) Wouldn't know that from media. All right, we got to get to a news update. And Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, the trifecta, next right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, well, we got a few different things popping right now. North Korean state media says that their missile launches are meant to wipe out their enemies. So they're doing the old saber rattling again. Yep. And it's because they know they can. Yes. I mean, you could make a list of all the things that would not be happening right now if there was a different president. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. That's one of them. Yeah. I don't think Putin would have went into Ukraine. You'd never know on that one. No, no it's hard to say. But. Well, no, I mean, that's, that's an unknowable thing. That being said, there, is, there has to be a reason that uh, he invaded Crimea under Barack Obama and then invaded the rest of Ukraine uh, under Joe Biden and just happened to take a four-year break. Right. Well, and then you could talk about the economy. Mm-hmm. We would. There's no doubt in my mind. I think I don't know how anybody could argue that that it wouldn't be completely different. You know, apparently the oil companies weren't greedy during that time. Is that what it was? They didn't. <laughs> yeah. They didn't really want to make as much money. Right. They were they like, oh, we're okay with yeah. where we are. Yeah. Did you see? There's like ten different issues where Biden polls under fifty percent. Oh yeah. Now, if you're thinking, well, is that that bad? Historically, it's incredibly bad. The way I understand it. And you follow a lot of polls, David. Yeah. It's every single one of the top ten issues Americans care most about. People call it shocking. He's under 50% in all of them. COVID, under 50% at 47. Environment, he's at 44%. Can you explain that? What he hasn't... Green people are thinking, not enough. He hasn't done enough. He hasn't plunged us into darkness. <laughs> I guess. Racial inequality at 42%. Hmm. He's like, Anybody what do you want? want to take a stab at explaining that one? He's like, what do you want? I gave, I gave you a, a, a black vice president and a black press secretary. Jeez. And Supreme Court. Maybe it's actually because they know, everybody knows that Joe Biden is and has been for his entire life, an incredible racist. Well, I think at some point in time, people wake up to, hey, my life's not any better. Okay, you appoint this person to this gig. What, that's supposed to make me feel great, even though I'm still in the same situation? Doesn't make sense. Employment jobs at 38%. Unifying the country, (laughs) 37. Mm. International trade, 37 taxation 34 percent and then his bottom three 
economy, immigration, because people aren't happy, and get this, corruption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I understand. Let's All right, you ready for your Well, he's kind of like the guy you try to find a metric in baseball that he's good at. It's like, you know, he can't hit, but he can field. He can't field, he can't hit. He brings nothing to he the table. He can't hit for power, he doesn't get on base, he can't field the ball. I don't know what, he, what he's good at. I suppose if you're the establishment behind him that really runs everything, he'll go out and say whatever we want. Right. Well, yeah, he will do that. Yes. Outside of that, I, I don't see an upside. Mm -hmm. All right, you ready? Let's sure, roll let's this roll out. It, man. Do it. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, every day at this time, with the help of his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. And yes, he's always ready. Good, buddy. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, the Dixie Chicks. Well, wait, no, they're just the Chicks now. Chicks, yeah. Because uh, when George Floyd was killed, they decided they needed to get rid of Dixie. That's right. Okay. Yeah. They've endorsed, uh, I'm shocked, that doofus Beto O'Rourke, the Democratic uh, gubernatorial candidate in Texas. David, the governor's race is officially over now. Yeah. Beto O'Rourke endorses you straight to the top. Mm -hmm. Or when you're endorsed by the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, they did it at a concert it's the, the other chicks, night. The Chicks, man. Have respect. I'm sorry. The Chicks were yeah. performing the other night in Texas, and they endorsed Beto from the stage. Natalie Maines, the loudmouth lead singer of the band, was apparently wearing her Ruth Bader Ginsburg shirt when she of did it. She was. She said, let me tell you something. <laughs> That's self-parody. <laughs> Do you have a mother? Do you have a sister? Do you have a daughter? Do you have a girlfriend? Vote Beto! Screamed Natalie Maines from the stage. Uh, she uh, then shouted on stage at the audience who cheered and raised their hands in response. Some started to boo. If you have a female in your life and you care about, vote for Beto. Stand up. Show for her. We're pointing at Ruth in November. Do it for Ruth. Why are you yelling? That's because she was yelling. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Then they performed a song called Texas Man and dedicated it to Beto, who, by the way, was at the show. Of course he was. I bet he was, man. Did you go, David? No, I did not go. Okay. By the I'm, way, um, you remember that time he was on the cover of a national magazine? God, I knew you were going to do this. And you I declared him a major player with the Democratic Party. Ah, say it again. Yes, Scott. I, uh, no, I'm saying. not going to say it again. I'm not going. I was wrong. I was 100% wrong about this guy. I didn't know what kind of a doofus he really was at the time. I learned as time went on. David really taught me more about Beto than anyone. Okay. Oh, I thought he'd be a bigger player than he was. I, I did. Yeah, but he didn't have his president. I did. What an idiot. I tend to pick on you more about it, Scott, but David was sort of in there, too. I was the one that said, the guy is no good. He's a clown. You did, you did call him fraud, I think, right away. Say it again. <laughs> Jamie Markley was right. He called him a fraud, and he is, Casey. <laughs> And I apologize for my take on Beto O'Rourke and about 90,000 other takes of mine that have proved to be incorrect. Got you. All right. Thank you. All right. I'm We're purified closer now. and closer purified. to number one. I'm knocking Sorry, on heaven's door, baby. All right. Here we go. Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. The trifecta. Two. Number two, Elizabeth Warren. Senator Elizabeth Warren is celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day today. That's right. It's Columbus Day and everywhere else on the planet, but not in Elizabeth's <laughs> world. It's happy Indigenous Peoples Day, she tweeted out. She said, we celebrate the contributions 
of, and the extraordinary resilience and rich cultures of our tribal nations and native com- communities. Today and every day, the federal government must recommit ourselves to honoring and promises that we made to the native peoples. Isn't it a day where she should just reflect a little and not say anything? Does she ever think to herself, maybe I'll sit this one out. Maybe for the betterment, I'll sit this one out. Holy smokes. And uh, there was one tweet back at her that said, uh, you just happened to celebrate this day just a little bit more than most people. She (laughs) claimed she was like .008 whatever percent percent Native America. And And that was proof in the pudding. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. Got some in there. And, you know, nothing really, uh, really, uh, there's nothing that celebrates Indigenous People Day more than pretending you are in order to gain access to colleges. Okay, do you think most of people on the left realize that, or do they still sort of believe it? Because I know if you're paying attention to news, you know that whole thing was a scam, yeah. but I don't know how much it made it into legacy media. I don't know. I, I tend to think that, yeah, that, that did get internalized a okay. little bit, that she's I, a yeah. fraud. And that's I really, that's why, to some people's surprise, she failed so miserably in the Democratic pri- uh, presidential primary. Like, outside of Massachusetts, no one cares about her anymore. No. And isn't there some rumbling she'll run? She probably will. Yeah. And it'll be a waste of everybody's time. If we can just get another one and get me a beer moments, that would be worth it to me. It happens almost every time she talks, it seems like. So phony. Golly. Yes. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. Oh, yeah. Scott Robbins, top three of the day, and already at one. Uh, number one, uh, reminder, apparently, that some leftists have wondered whether or not nuclear war could actually be good for the planet. Well, a small nuclear war, David, not a big one. What? Uh, this was a Huffington Post piece that was written a long time ago, actually. It was brought back to life, though. Uh, one of their editors penned this, and it's a what-if about the possibility, and it's being discussed now as we speak. In this scenario, the most likely to exchange nukes were Pakistan and India. In that one, now it's, of course, us and Russia. But the, the thought is this. Model suggests that though the world is currently in a warming trend, small-scale war, nuclear variety, could lower the global temperatures 2.5 degrees in two to three years following the war. Now, why would that be? Well, because the sun can't break through. I mean, well, everything else will be gone, but hey, the planet will be much cooler now. Good luck to you. <laughs> so... Exactly. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. So they're dragging this one back out again, saying, well, you know, worst possible scenario. Still, there's a, you know, the glass is half full here because, I mean, global warming. Wow. And there you have it. Nice trifecta. I just live in a dumb world, man. We all do. Golly. Oh, you want some inspiration? Yes. You do? Of course I do. All right. I feel like being inspired. Yes. What if this inspiring story might make you feel like a lump of garbage? 23-year-old named Chris Nickick. Have you heard the story yet? No. Just became the first person with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman race. Unbelievable. That's awesome. Good. Anybody that does an Ironman, I'm always like, holy oh, smokes. Jeez. That's beyond. Um, 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and then the full 26.2-mile marathon. Gosh dang. Finished in 16 hours, 31 minutes. Almost a full half hour to spare before the 17-hour cutoff. Man. I get tired driving that distance. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I get tired thinking about driving that distance. 
I told you guys before when my daughter ran, well, she did it twice, ran a marathon twice. And watching the training with that, it was like getting beyond, like, I can't imagine running no. that. And then I remember asking her, okay, now that you've done this, can you, do you think you could do one of these, the 2.4 mile swim and then the 112? And it was like, no. I suppose it's one of those things you just keep working at it and the endurance. And I people guess. that do it will always say you're capable of so much more than you can imagine. But still, man, it floors me. Don't you have good to have some that, kind dude. of like crazy lung capacity too? built up over time yeah well you can build that yeah golly you i mean you can do it you know what i mean i mean if you're getting at some people just aren't born with it so that gives you an excuse like the lung capacity the lack of yeah i don't know that that's true i don't know either i'm just asking i don't know is that true david that you can increase it no not that it may be possible you're born in a way that you just couldn't do it yeah i do think that i don't know man all right, well, news update on that and Nimrod's the it. news straight ahead. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. New study questions the effectiveness of colonoscopies. Oh, no. What do you mean? Do you hear you should do that at when you hit a certain age or if you have certain risk factors? But um, a landmark study suggests the benefits of colonoscopies for cancer screening may be overestimated. They've been uh, The study marks the first time that colonoscopies have been compared head-to-head to a no-cancer screening in a randomized trial the study found only meager benefits for the group of people invited to get the procedure, an 18% lower risk of getting colorectal cancer and no significant reduction in the risk of cancer death. 18% lower risk is still, I wouldn't call that minimal. No, I wouldn't either. That, that seems pretty significant. Well, just remembering having it done. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh... My wife at the time told me not to do it. We were She's in line. Still your wife? Uh, at the time, it sounded weird. My wife at the time. Yeah, I've only got one wife. I know. I just wanted to make that clear. At the time after the colonoscopy, we okay. were in line at the drive-through. I could finally eat, and she told me, "Don't call those guys right now because you were talking about me." We were. And so then I called, and you put me on mm-hmm. because I woke up during it. Right? Yeah, I never and heard of that before. But oh my god, told the story. I think it was partly because there was a dude. That had told me like two weeks before that. Oh, yeah, it was at the fight club. Not that kind of fight club. It was like training, like MMA-style training right. with my son, and, and he and I were doing some class stuff. Anyway, this was a few years back. But he was talking about a colonoscopy and that he woke up during it. He's mm. like, because I was used to a lot of medications. And I don't know if it was the power of that suggestion or what it was, but it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I, Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have a copy of that audio? Because I'm not bringing it up, and I hope you lost it. <laughs> I, I don't think Go- I have it, no. Good. All right. It was, it was awesome, though. Yeah, it was. Sure. Um, one other thing, real quick, an update. When we were talking about the Ironman competition just a little bit ago. Right. And that the first person with Down syndrome completed it. Unbelievable. Great story. So the question was, if you're relatively healthy, can anyone do it 
or is there a lung capacity thing? From everything that I'm reading, like in five minutes of research, pretty much anybody can do it. And they even say there are a lot of people that finished the Ironman that you wouldn't think could do it by their shape or size. Yeah. But it takes like a year and a half to train Mm -hmm. for a lot of people if you're not in great shape. So there you go. I, I do actually right. have the audio of you calling Well, we got to get to Nimrod. After no, you. We don't. We I mean, we that. can just sample it real well, quick. Well, if he told you that I woke up during the thing, you heard him right. <laughs> oh, <it>? no! <laughs> yeah. You woke up during the colonoscopy. Yes. <laughs> the and whole thing's think, like three and a half minutes long. Yeah, some other time. It's man. radio gold. <laughs> it's rare that that happens. <laughs> what you on the radio after a colonoscopy or waking up during a colonoscopy? <laughs> waking up that's okay. what i was saying right. oh my gosh i should never have called you again right. another instance i should have listened to my wife was yeah, well, i thinking all right yeah, let's yeah. get the nimrods in the news roll it out when the going gets tough damn it this is too hard the dumb get dumber all right Ian. it's nimrods in the news on the martley van camp and robbins show i love the poorly educated all right nimrods in the news and i'll try to paint the picture of this because i actually saw the picture from the story um they say pretty much every wedding has uh, at least a few guests that add a little excitement to everything well sure well apparently this wedding was at a golf course near Scranton, Pennsylvania. Really nice. You know, a nice place to have a reception. And there was a married couple invited to the wedding, and they got into an argument, and the wife started walking onto the course because she was mad. Oh, this was later into the evening. The husband decided to follow her in his car. Oh. So he drove his Chevy sedan across the 18th fairway along the car path, but at some point left the path and drove straight into a creek by the 17th green. The thing is, <laughs> he is his car is straddling the creek with the back end up on some rocks, and the front end planted into the ground on the other side. <laughs> oh man! And so you're like, okay, the cops get there, he's going to get a DUI, right? Dude was sober. Wow! And still did that, man. Inexplicable, really. Did he have to take a stroke there, drop? <laughs> <laughs> That's Nimrod's in the news.